0: Kia ora and welcome to the Have a Chat with Nat podcast. A fun and insightful look into the life of me, Nat Hugel, AKA Lily Loka, actress, burlesque and drag artist, teacher and events manager. I'll be chatting about topical subjects, my experiences and opinions, as well as providing educational material for actors and creatives alike. I'll also be joined by the occasional guest from within the creative industries and we can share our experience and knowledge with you, our listeners. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Have a Chat with That podcast. Uh, I know it's been a little while since I have released a podcast, but you know what? I haven't really been in the right headspace, and um, you know, something, and I guess I'll talk about this a bit later, but something that COVID-19 has really instilled into me is when you're living your life as a professional performing artist and you you know you're consistently creating content and new acts and things because you feel like you kind of have to to, obviously because you have jobs and things and you kind of feel a huge amount of pressure to consistently create because you're... I've talked about this before where comparison is kind of the thief of joy. But if you're a performing artist and you're not aware of everybody else around you who is also doing... Similar things to you, and if you see them consistently creating, then there is a part I don't like, you know, I can only speak from myself and other conversations that I've had with people, but there is a part of you that feels like you have to keep creating to stay relevant and to sort of be seen, and especially with uh, Facebook algorithms and uh, Instagram algorithms, they're so all over the place, and you know. Um, You might have a really great post, but it might not get seen. Something, going back to what uh, I was originally going to say, is COVID's been really good for me because I haven't felt like I've had to create content for the sake of creating content, do you know what I mean? Or creating new acts for the sake of it. I've been able to just really step back, take this time to just... Mull things over for today. I thought that I'd just do a little bit of an update about life, the universe, and everything. And yeah, just have just have a week okay with you all. A couple of weeks ago, uh, if you follow me on Instagram and maybe on Facebook, uh, I put up a status saying I'm struggling. And I think you know something really important to note here is I've always been a real advocate for mental well being and physical well being and. I've never shied away from showcasing that I do suffer from mental illness. Um, I have, for those of you that are new here or perhaps don't know, uh, I have uh, quite severe PTSD uh, and I have generalized anxiety disorder. Both of them have been um, diagnosed by a psychiatrist. I have gone through lots of testing and things like that. I currently see a counsellor who I get funding through ACC for, um, which I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for. I kind of believe that if I have some sort of platform, then, you know, I think there's, you know, and we all know it, that there is such a stigma around mental illness. And um, I I just feel like if I can share my story and if I can share how I'm feeling and being open and honest about it, it breaks the stigma even more. Uh, And, you know, I don't do it to get sympathy. I don't do it to make other people feel bad or sorry for me. That's not the point at all. Um, If anything, I really hate it when people are really, like, sympathetic because it makes me feel even more inadequate. Do you know what I mean? But I feel like, you know, I know that there's so many other people out there who are struggling and who are having a really hard time. And I feel like if we can, if someone can talk about it, then that gets other people to talk about how they're feeling because there is that stigma and nobody wants to put anybody else out. And I think that's a very New Zealand thing that we don't want to like cause a scene or we don't want to, you know, and what's the word I'm looking for? Impend? uh, impose, that's it, um, impose on other people's lives. Uh, and that's part of the problem. (laughs) It's part of the problem is that we, we, we don't share. And so, you know, I did share and say that I was struggling. And I think the thing that I was struggling with the most is, um, you know, being in lockdown and for those who are parents, you'll be able to relate to this. Um, so I have, I have one child, her name is Aria. Um, and she is five years old and she honestly, she's been, a, she was a total trooper during lockdown. Like, honestly, I cannot complain about her. She was an absolute angel, really. And and considering she had no kids to play with for like seven weeks. And then we uh, let her cousin into our bubble and she stayed for a week, which was a blessing for everybody. <laughs> um, but being you know we we very quickly parents very quickly had to start becoming not only caregivers and things like that but they had to become teachers and we had to start making sure that our children didn't digress or digress is it digress um In their school learning and reading, like numeracy, literacy and all those kind of things, we had to keep them stimulated throughout the day. You know, you didn't want to just chuck them on the electronic (laughs) childminder, which is like an iPad or something. And it it was really hard for me because I know for my mental health, I know that space is something I I really need. I need time away from people because I'm very much an introverted extrovert. So extrovert in terms of when I'm on stage, when I'm around people, I can be very lively, open, I'm very animated with my hand gestures, I'm very into uh, being social. But then from that, I need a lot of decompression time. Uh, So that's when I come home and I have my space and I can be away from people. And the luxury of me being self-employed is that once Aria goes to school and my husband goes to work uh, during the week, I can sit at home, do my admin work and things, and have space to just be by myself. And I really, really need that. And during the eight weeks that I had Aria at home, I had no space at all. I think the first time I actually got to be by myself at home, it was level three. I think it was like the first day Aria had gone back to school um, and I just sat there outside with a cup of coffee and I was like, holy crap, I actually get to just be, and I just felt a huge weight off my shoulders, but the two weeks before level three happened, that's when I kind of said that I was really struggling. You know, I'm proud of myself that I made it through all those weeks without having a breakdown. Because normally, like Christmas, I find a really hard time. Because there's a lot of people, our house is like a hub for people. And lots of people come over. And I don't get much space. And that sort of cramps my style. Do you know what I mean? But I've also felt really creatively stunted. um, And that was scary. That was so scary because the last time I felt that creatively stunted was when I uh, had a mental breakdown in 2015. Like I actually had a full blown breakdown. It was a terrible time. That was the lowest I've ever, ever been. My creativity just went out the freaking window. It was just gone just disappeared. I found no inspiration to create. I found no inspiration. I just, I would think about being creative and it was just like my head was full of cotton wool or I was looking at a blank, a blank space. There was just nothing there. And that scared me because my creativity has always been a way for me to process how I feel and to generate like art has always been my my um, therapy and to not have that there, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> what the hell am I going to do? That So that's kind of how I felt a few weeks ago. Like I felt really inspired in the beginning of lockdown and I was doing little makeup looks and I transformed into Jareth and I did a few um, hump day hunty shows, which, you know, frustrated me because like it, it reminded me of my privilege of being able to actually being able to have – Access to a computer and to be able to create something, but like I'm one of the I, again, I'm a perfectionist, and I, it, I I don't like it when I put something out that I don't feel like is a hundred percent. And you know, that's again, as I relate back, uh, I found it really uh, good through this time where I felt like I didn't have to create. You know, I could just take my time and organically create if I wanted to, and then. Yeah, about four or five weeks in, I just my creativity and I just it just went, it just left the building. Obviously, didn't leave the country because the borders are closed. But um, yeah, and it was it was just scary. And I was really I was battling between being super anxious about the fact that my creativity had left the building, and that was my you know being a creative that's part of my source of income, and then anxious about where the world is going because you know I I try not to look at like the main news streams because uh, the media hype things up and it's um, you know we all know that the truth about you know certain things can always be distorted or it's used by the media to what am I trying to say here we all know that the media can kind of hype things up beyond far beyond what is actually happening. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, the numbers of deaths and everything in the U S and elsewhere are not real. Of course it is. But, um, the one thing that I think the one thing that I've sort of kept in mind is that in New Zealand, we, oh, Jacinda, honestly, I love that woman. Like, honestly, how incredibly blessed are we that we have her as a leader? And, you know, she's the wage subsidies and everything, like, oh my goodness, like imagine how much worse off we would be. Like, it's scary. But that's not to say, like, we're not in a bad position. Like, you know, there's so many people who are losing their jobs. There's companies that are going into liquidation. There's it I you know, I think there's a long road ahead yet, and we are nowhere near out of the you know, run, like you know, we haven't seen the worst of it yet. I don't think, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like New Zealand has like this. I think COVID and its repercussions have had this like ripple effect. So it's obviously come from China, then to Europe, into the US, and Australia, and to here, and it kind of moves in this bout. And it was like when COVID started, it went from China into Europe, into the US, into Australia, and to here, and then it's and then. They started locking down everywhere. I started locking down. Australia started locking down. Then we started locking down. And then we're seeing all of the economic repercussions of that, of the virus coming through from China, from Europe, from the UK, from... from America, from Australia, and now it's coming. here. And I don't think, because Jacinda was so great in terms of giving us a wage subsidy and things, I don't think we have really seen that. We've almost been, we've been in our bubble, but we've also been in this financially secure little bubble. And also people who have lost their jobs, uh, like say, if you lost your job last month, like if you got given a redundancy, then you've still got, say, a couple of weeks or a month's pay. And then what do you do if it runs out? You know, um, I was watching on the AM show this morning, you know, this guy was sitting there at a well-paying job and now he's, he was crying on national television. Cause he's like, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family and pay for my mortgage. Like I'm scared that my house is going to be taken from me. I look at that and you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a realist, you know, like I am a Pisces. I tend to live in a fantasy world a lot of the time, but, uh, when it comes to something like this. You know, I'm sitting there going our economy is not going to recover anytime soon. We're going straight into another recession. And the first thing, the first thing that goes in a recession is any extra costs that don't need to really be accounted for, which includes advertising, um, because, you know, advertising for, uh, you know, your um, space of work, uh, jobs, job advertising, uh, and entertainment budget, it's just gone, gone, <laughs> so, you know, in terms of our, our economy, and our, the entertainment, and performing arts industry, it's gonna be a really hard time for us, and I'm scared, and I'm anxious, is all hell for not only myself, but others in the industry, Because how the hell are we going to survive this? Like, I hate being the Debbie Downer. I wish I could tell you, oh, you know, everything's going to be great. We're all going to come together. Everybody's going to go out to the bars and support. No, they ain't, mate. Because people don't have that extra expenditure of money to be able to do that. Um, In terms of the current rules and regulations, like, for example, I was talking to Natalie, who's the... um, new senior events manager at Cassette Nine. And we were talking, this was in level three. We were talking and she was like, oh, you know, the level two guidelines are going to come out. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, okay. She was like, oh, you know, maybe we were thinking of putting on a show. Maybe you could put on a ballast show. And I was like, and that day was the day that Jacinda had talked about what level two is going to look like for hospitality. And I was like, well, there's the three S's. Because she hadn't heard it. And I was like, well, babe, to be honest, like, Cassette has, like, capacity for people seated and standing if they're all kind of squished in about 180 or so people, right? With this, you have to be seated. And Cassette has one, two, three, four, five, six booths, which could fit probably at a squeeze six people each. Um, In the bigger booths, you could probably fit about eight Uh, And then they've got five cabaret tables in which you can probably sit about four people at each table. Then you have to be spaced out. So then you have to be a meter apart. So then in the booths, you'd might be able to have two people at each booth or maybe four if they're like really sitting. uh, Well, actually no, because you're not going to be a meter apart from if you're sitting opposite each other. So let's say two people per booth. So two, four, six and then at the big booths you could probably fit four. Ten, 10, 12, 14, 16, 15, 15. yeah 16 people right at the booths and then you've got the cabaret tables so there's five and they're very small so you would only be able to fit two people so 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26. 26 people are going to be the amount of people that you'll be able to fit in the venue safely And the other thing is is that they all have to be S for served. So no tables, uh, no bar services allowed. So people have to be served at a table. So I'm like, you've gone from 180 people to 26. It's not even worth putting on a damn show because you can't afford, you wouldn't even cover your costs unless you're paying 250 bucks a ticket. It's just not, it's just not viable. And yeah, it's, and it's hard. It's really hard. Like, I don't know if anybody has been looking at the Boosted site, but there's been the Save Our Venues and Cassette and a whole bunch of Whammy, um, Nick of the Woods, uh, and a, a bunch of other, um, venues around New Zealand have been involved in it. And basically it's them begging for people to, pleading for them to support them because they may not be able to reopen at level one it's just it's dire like look at the facts team like if we don't have venues to perform at we ain't performing nowhere unless you're a street performer and you can perform with your hat out for you know for a couple of hours for a couple of bucks so you know i in saying that there's been some really great um things come out of COVID in terms of online shows but then again with online shows you're not getting the quality and you're not getting the user experience that you normally would do in a live performance setting. So anyway, I'm sorry that I sound like the negative Nancy, but seriously that's it's just it's a really I, I, yeah, as I said, I think we've been living in this nice little bubble and we haven't really seen the ramifications of the industry yet. Um, so yeah, I don't really know what to do about it. I think it's just gonna be a time thing and we just need to let it roll over. but it will be interesting to see what happens. It's early June. I think it's the 14th of June. Don't quote me on that. I think it is that that the government have announced they're going to do another round of the wage subsidy. So I don't know. But for that one, uh, the precursor for that, I don't know if you've... I think you've had to have had the wage subsidy beforehand and been eligible for it. But this time, instead of showing that 30% of your revenue has been lost, you need to show that you've had at least 50%. Um, And, you know... I know I'll be eligible because <laughs> I've literally got nothing on. I haven't earned anything for a few months now, and I probably won't for another few months now. Um, so, yeah, I again, I, I suggest if you are worried about things, definitely go and look at the uh, Aotearoa Cove Oh, my gosh, what is my phone doing on? <laughs> I just realized my phone was, uh, phone light was on this whole time. There it is. Aotearoa arts and events during the COVID-19 crisis. Definitely go and check that out. It's really hard to find because it's got some sort of like scientific mathematical, like A-A-E-C-19-C. Um, and I don't know why they did that, but you know, <laughs> it's artistic. I don't know. But um, yeah, you have to write in Aotearoa arts because... Um, yeah, it's really hard to find. They're showing, uh, you know, there's heaps of rally between uh, for community venues and going and supporting community venues and going out and having a drink at a at a venue. Anyway, what this has done is it's been like, right? Well, I don't know when our industry is going to recover. I have no idea. There is no forecast. Even if we go, I don't even know what level one is going to look like. So I was like, right. I'm a really proactive person and something that I know with my anxiety, I like to be busy and not being busy has been a real bit of a head fuck for me, to be honest. And so I was like, right, what can I do with my time to upskill myself? And I think this is becoming a bit of a thing now when people are like, right, we're in this for the long haul. What can we do with our time? So something that has really helped me keep my sanity over this period of time has been my fitness. And I'm really glad that I had the foresight to go and buy, um, some dumbbells, um, which you could put the weight on and take it off. It's like, I don't know how to explain it anyway. Um, they've got little screws on it. And, uh, from the warehouse before level four happened. And, uh, what I did with that is I just, I downloaded an app. Um, there's, it's called the Tone and Sculpt Act. Really, really uh, recommend it. It's by Chrissy Seller. If you've ever followed her on Instagram, she's a kind of Fitzbo chick she's really awesome and her app is great it only costs like 25 bucks a month which is amazing and you get all these wicked workouts and a little community um and so I did their expert at home program I was training five days a week because I was able to currently before then I was training about three or four I tried for four, but I was working on set and stuff at the time so um and really like big days so I just didn't have the energy all the time and Uh, that's really kept my sanity, it's given me a focus, it's kept me grounded, and I've always really loved uh, fitness and weight training, and rejigging my body composition, and challenging myself, Uh, you know, I've gone from hardly being able to squat a, you know, 20kg barbell, uh, to being able to squat, (sighs) when I was at my peak, I was able to do about 60 Um, And then I could do about 80 if I did like a box squat. Uh, But now because of COVID, my strength has decreased a bit, which is just kind of what's happened. Uh, And a lot of people who do weightlifting have noticed that too. Uh, Now I'm back up to about 50, which is pretty boss. And my deadlifts are back up to 60, which is neat. I'm back up to leg pressing 200 kgs which is cool so my strength actually actually come back really quickly considering I've only been back at the gym for two weeks and um yeah now I'm back at the gym so I'm now doing the advanced home program uh and so I was like well I've always really loved health and fitness I've always really wanted I'm a real uh I I have a real thirst for learning I really love to research and um expand my mind and something I've wanted to do for a long time is learn more about like the anatomical, musculoskeletal system, joints, um, the lymphatic system, all of like you know all of those kind of things uh, to do with the body and figure out okay what's actually going on with my body, how can I, what what research can I use to kind of get to understand my body and its the muscles and the tissues and the nervous system and everything a lot better so that I know I can better plan my exercises and things. And basically long story short, I was like I was sitting there having a glass of wine one night and I was like, why don't I look up personal training? Because I feel like that's something I would be pretty cool at (laughs) Because, you know, like being a teacher, like it's a like I love Uh, I love education, I love growing minds, I love, the thing that I really miss about being a high school teacher the most, is being able to stick with people for a long period of time, and help them with their learning, and watching them progress, like that was something I used to love the most, and I really miss that, so I thought, well that kind of combines both worlds, I really love teaching, I really love kind of been faced with challenges with like new people, Um, you know, they might have specific programming considerations I need to take on board, they might come from a particular cultural background in which there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that go into that, they might be more elderly, they might have uh, illness, they might have, they might, you know, do they want to gain weight, do they want to lose fat, Um, you know, so I was like, I'd like to, I reckon I can do it. And so anyway, I applied for a bunch of places and, um, yeah, I heard back from Open Polytechnic and they're like, yep, sweet. And I've been doing their course for the past two weeks. So I'm on my way to become a certified personal trainer. Um, and so I just kind of feel like that's been given me a really good grounding and making and a purpose in this time. Um, because yeah, like, I felt very, very unsettled for a while then, not having something to do, and, I, you know, I'm incredibly, incredibly uh, blessed and privileged in the fact that, you know, my husband's uh, wage hasn't been, or salary rather, hasn't been affected, um, we live with my folks, so, you know, we don't have a mortgage overhead or anything like that, like, obviously, we're still contributing to rent and food and all of those, like, you know, we have our own house insurance and, you um, housing contents insurance and car insurances. And, you know, I'm paying off my car at the moment. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I I know that I'm incredibly blessed. and I'm very lucky that I am able to do this degree and I am able to take the time to do it. And I'm very fortunate that my folks and my husband are really understanding of my mental health. And, you know, I'm very clear with them when I'm not having a good day. Um, it, I still find it really hard. You know, my dad said to me, at the beginning of lockdown, I think it was, and you know, I said, "Look, I really, I, um, I know I'm going to need your guys' help sometimes. Like, you might just need to take Aria for an hour, just so that I can like have a bit of breathing space. Um, you know, during a day, you know, we we're all in lockdown together. Like, yeah, 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 that's fine. And you know, my dad said, you know, I felt really when you first told me that you were anxious and that you had PTSD. I felt really horrible." And, I, and you know, I'm a massive empath. So I was like, oh my God. Because was, that was part of the reason why I never told them in the first place because I didn't want to impose on them and I didn't want them to feel bad or to, for them to feel like they were failures as parents because they couldn't prevent it or whatever. It wasn't their fault. <laughs> um, but he's like, I had no idea that you were suffering and I feel terrible that I didn't see it. And I was like, dad, that's the thing with mental illness is that it's, a, it's invisible. And I'm pretty good at hiding things. <laughs> like, that's not to say I'm distrustful or anything, but like, you know, my acting chops come in handy every now and again. That um, I was like, I, I never wanted to impose. And for a long time I didn't understand how I felt or why I was acting the way that I was, and I was ashamed of myself, and how I felt, so being open with them, having, you know, I've really, I was anxious a lot as a child, uh, for no particular reason, like, it was kind of generalized anxiety, um, I just was an anxious child, and then my PTSD really kicked in when I was 14, through a prolonged traumatic event, and then again in my late teens, um, from another prolonged traumatic event. And the problem was, is I never got them dealt to. So that only heightened my anxiety and my PTSD got worse and worse and worse because I never dealt with it. And I still have days where I'll get triggered. Um, and it's not easy. It's, it's it's like you, I feel with PTSD, it's so hard to try and tell people what it's like, because The best way that I describe it to people, and it's the way I described it to my dad, um, is it's like when you've, you know, when you see war vets and like uh, Guy Fawkes can be a really triggering time for war vets because they hear the loud bangs. It makes them automatically like their brain thinks, (gasps) like we're going back to that particular flashback or moment or thing in time where this happened to you and it was really traumatic. And that's the whole thing with uh, with PTSD is that your brain automatically goes into survival mode and it flashes back to that memory to help protect you and say, this happened, don't do the thing. Um, even though, like, for example, for me, like, I can get triggered just by scrolling through my Facebook feed and if someone talks about um, sexual assault or um, even having my child was incredibly triggering to me, like, having Aria was one of the most triggering experiences for my PTSD, because she was vulnerable, and she was so small, and I was like, and then it got me, because I'm a huge empath, I was like, it got me thinking about child abuse, and, you know, all these things that people do to these small, innocent children, and then, oh, just, yeah, it's, it's, my, my brain goes to some pretty dark places sometimes and um, it's really hard to explain to people who don't have it and it's and so I that's why I guess so many people don't talk about it because to a rational brain you your your rational brain when you've got PTSD just goes completely out the window it's gone it's out the door. It's just not even your emotional amygdala, front your prefrontal cortex just leaves the building. It's, it's not there. Your your amygdala, the emotional part of your brain, comes in and it's like, ah! and it's screaming so loud that you can't see nothing outside of that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's people with PTSD, depending on how they react, can seem completely irrational. And you can't reason with them because they're in their own head and they can't explain how they're feeling because it's so inside their head. And it's such a triggering experience that you're, it's like the way that I look at it is it's like battling a tsunami and you're standing on the beach and the tsunami is coming in and it's about to, and it's overarching you and you know what's about to happen. I can see my, like when I get triggered, it's like the tsunami's coming, the tsunami's coming, the tsunami's coming. And you're like, fuck, okay, what do I do? Uh, 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 and you're trying to ward off this giant tsunami of emotions and undealt with stuff and flashbacks. And the flashbacks for me are not always visual. They're physical. So I feel it, um, which, and then I have to try and like the rational part of my brain is like tapping at the door going, okay, all right, all right, emotions, just, you know, remember, this isn't real. Just calm your farm, use, use, use the uh, techniques that you've learned. Okay, so uh, being present in the moment. Um, look, there's a chair and there's a cat. And there's, so it's like trying to draw yourself out out of your own head. And you're in this big ass battle with your head. And it's hard <laughs> and it's tiring. It is so fatiguing, mate. Like, ugh, it's hard. It's really freaking hard. Um, and then you get anxious about your PTSD because you don't want to get triggered. So there's a whole bunch of things. Like avoidance is a major thing with uh, PTSD because you want to avoid certain places that you've been that remind you of a particular person or a thing that happened. You want to, um, you want to avoid. Uh, you know, any possible triggers for me, I get triggered super easy. So, um, you know, I've had to unfollow all news networks. I can't watch news networks. I can't, I can't have stuff for New Zealand Herald or anything on my phone because it's all clickbait triggered stuff. And I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do it to myself. And a PTSD attack can be like a little blip or it can be like a full blown, and it will take me an entire day to recover. And I'm still so hard on myself. And it's not fair that I'm hard on myself. And the thing is, is that my brain is literally like I have the logical part of my brain and I have the the emotional part of my brain. And the logical part tries to talk to the emotional part. The emotional part doesn't want to listen to what the logical part of the brain says. And it's literally like I'm looking at myself in the third person and I'm like, I know this. And I know how I should react. And I know why this is happening. And I know blah, 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 blah. But this is how I feel. And it's like the two just... Sometimes they, just, they really don't talk to each other. Communication in my head can be a really hard thing to try and get around. <sighs> um, I think that's the most I've ever talked about my PTSD to, like, the public, ever. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. Like, because I know how... Um, how debilitating it can be, and how all-consuming it can be. That's why I talk about it. That's why I you. That's why I'm honest and open with people about it. And you know, uh, because people don't know. And if you don't know, then you know your perception of someone's behaviour or. Uh, you know, if someone's like, oh, I've got PTSD, and you're like, oh, okay, what does that mean? You're like post traumatic stress disorder, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, you don't really understand. And if they do act irrationally or do act out or whatever, then it's very hard to understand why. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about bringing awareness, I guess. But anyway, so I think I've rambled on for long enough. You're probably sick and tired of me. <laughs> this has been a bit of a downer, isn't it, really, this podcast? Um, you know, talking about how uh, the economy is going is dying, and people are losing their jobs, and the arts and entertainment industry is looking like it's royally screwed for a bit. And how are we going to come out of it? And then I talk about my how uh, I've been struggling and my PTSD. So. You know, great times. But a positive um, out of it is that you know I am channeling my energy. I am trying to do something about it. I'm trying not to wallow. And you know, it's hard because you know the good thing about my uh, studies is that it's giving me a focus and stopping me from like having those uh, anxious thoughts. And but the anxious thoughts are still sitting there. It's like it's like I'm in my nice little house, and then my anxious thoughts are they're tapping on the window, going hello hello, I'm out here, look at me, look, look, hello, hello, yes, hello, and then I just shut the blinds and try to ignore them, (laughs) which is probably not healthy either, but you know. What I was thinking about doing was for my next podcast, I think I might get someone on board. Um, I'm thinking about my bestie, Verity Johnson, who is a writer, a, um, she honestly, like, I find something that uh, studies really um, brought back to me is that I find it really difficult to try and get my thoughts down on paper. Uh, I'm very good at talking, but I'm not so great at transcribing what's in my head onto paper. And dyslexia runs in my family. My brother's highly dyslexic and had to go to have um, writers in school and go to um, tutors twice a week and my dad's also dyslexic and so yes going back to my original point verity is an incredible wordsmith she's a uh she's a media personality she was in the what they call it gosh it feels so long ago that the paul henry show was on uh the social media bunker um for a while and uh she's a no longer an influencer um she's made this amazing cover story uh on the last uh Sunday magazine uh, about the influencer life and breaking up with being an influencer uh, and it's so good she, oh, I just admire her so much I love how she can just put she's just so good with the word thing I just I, it's a skill that I don't have and I appreciate it so much when I see it in other people um, so I was thinking about having her on board I don't know we've been talking for ages about doing a podcast together and I don't know what we talk about But I'm seeing here tomorrow. We're going to go to uh, with by Ketamine and Anita Wigalit. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Three course meals, some drinks, and some drag. Oh, girl. I'm so excited. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, having lunch with another friend tomorrow. So it kind of feels like we're going back to normality. So, like, in terms of, like, just being social. But at least we don't have to be in our bubbles anymore. So Positives. Let's think positively. The weather, uh, while I'm sitting here, it is. What is the day today? Thursday, the 28th of April. And it's, oh, May. Sorry, May. It's a beautiful day outside. You know, we've got a health. uh, For the past couple of days, we've had no cases of the coronavirus here in New Zealand, which is freaking fantastic. We're slowly, ever so slowly getting back to normality. I don't think we've had the worst of the economic ramifications yet I think we've got a long way to go but to see the community bond together has been really awesome I'm really thankful for our government and what we've done you know the team of five million is is Andy Jacinda what's I uh so yeah so I think for the next podcast I'll get Verity on I'll try to make it a bit more uplifting <laughs> I'm sorry team, but you know what, life is not a freaking basket full of roses, and I wish that I could be that person who's consistently optimistic and, uh, you know, positive. And I do try to think positively and be a positive influence, but honestly, I'm you know, the roses aren't always red. Uh, And I think it's a very unrealistic expectation to, you know, make other people think that as well. So we'll do that, I think. I'll talk with her tomorrow when I see her at Colotsy and we'll come up with some ideas as to what we're going to talk about. If there's anything in particular that you would like us to talk about, then please let me know. So yes, thank you. This has been the Have a Chat with Nat podcast with me, Nat Hugel. Please stay tuned for more. If you like what I'm putting out, uh, feel free to follow me on the socials at nat hugel creative uh, if you also want to follow along my fitness journey like I've made a little fitness instagram so that you know I can because I want to share what I'm learning as a PT, as a PT in training uh, you can follow me at nat hugel fitness that would be awesome thank you so much for listening and I hope that you have a glorious day and if you are struggling at the moment make sure that you are going and talking to friends you are not a burden Your friends want to know that you're okay or if you're not okay. Remember, it's okay not to be okay. I'm going to leave it at that. Thanks for listening.